Today we're going to get into something that I really don't hear talked about enough, and this is the idea of giving our minds space to wander. It's something that's really overlooked because people oftentimes don't understand the value of something so simple. In the modern world, we, we have access to as many distractions as we could ever want. And we essentially have the option of being constantly engaged in something or other for the entirety of our waking hours. Because of this, we're missing out on some pretty big opportunities for growth that we're probably unaware of. We're going to look at this from a couple different angles. For one, we're going to look at how it relates to mental health and to your personal healing journey. And we're also going to look at how disengaging is important for the learning process as well. So just to clarify, by disengaging, I mean taking time to just sit with ourselves with no distractions. That means no phone, no technology, no conversations, no reading, nothing. It almost seems like a foreign concept to most people in the modern world nowadays. But constantly being plugged into some kind of distraction is very detrimental. And I know it can get boring sometimes, but let me explain why it's important. So let's start off with talking about why disengaging is good for our mental health and for the healing process. When we keep our minds busy all day long, what we're really doing is hiding from ourselves. If you've never taken the time to really sit with your thoughts without trying to escape what comes up, you'd be amazed. One of the first big moments for me in my journey, this happened a couple of years ago. And I was standing on the beach thinking about how I always seem to have so much going on inside my head and how stressed out I always seem to be. And I had recently come across a social media post that had been explaining how to find peace in your own thoughts. And I don't even remember who wrote it at this point, but it talked about the idea of just going and sitting somewhere by yourself just to observe the thoughts that come up. And I think it's technically a type of meditation, but the way that he explained it, it just made a lot of sense to me in that moment. And it, just to let those thoughts come up, to, to not judge them, to not try to hide from them, to just follow them back to their source and see what happens. So I did this, and as I'm standing out there, I start letting these thoughts come up. And I remember that I was really frustrated with some certain people at that particular time. And it didn't take long for them to come up and for those thoughts to start upsetting me. So I immediately started feeling anger and annoyance towards them. And after I noticed them, or after I noticed this feeling, my reaction was to try to change topics. But then I remembered that I was supposed to try to follow these thoughts back to their source and not distract myself. So I took a breath, cleared away my judgment, and let these thoughts follow their natural course. What I started to realize was that the anger I felt towards these people went a lot deeper than I thought it did. When I really just let go and allowed my unconscious to bring up what it felt I needed to see, I began to realize that the source of these feelings was, was coming from somewhere. I, I had no concept of at that point. I, I, when I really just let go and allowed my unconscious to bring up what it felt I needed to see, I began to realize the source of these feelings. I started to understand that the qualities these people had were the same qualities that I had and I was just scared of. And actually, these people were living embodiments of everything that I didn't want to be. They were basically my insecurities walking around in a visual, visual form, and they, they were everything I was afraid that other people would think that I was, or that I was living this lie. I was trying to hide all these insecurities and that people were going to see them. So when I saw them embodied in somebody else, like I got mad, and it is kind of a backwards, kind of circular way of thinking, but I didn't even realize it was going on. And that's why I was having such a strong emotional reaction towards them. I was seeing myself reflected in them, and I was afraid of the weakness that I saw. And it took a long time, and I won't bore you with all the details, but after I had traced back all of these emotions to their source, 
I learned a lot about myself. And that evening was a very powerful learning experience for me because the, the feeling of peace that it left me with afterwards is something that I've never forgotten. It's something I've been pursuing ever since. It gave me so much clarity because suddenly I wasn't looking at other people through my own perceptions anymore, but instead I was very deeply aware of how my perceptions were creating the world that I lived in. And that was a major step for me in my journey of self-discovery and a huge part of the process of understanding human nature a little bit better. And it, it went a long ways towards helping me heal, understand myself, and to understand other people. So while powerful moments like that, they don't happen every day, but we can begin to bring that level of clarity into our daily lives. We do this by taking the time to spend with ourselves without allowing any kind of outside distractions. We might not realize it, but when we're busy all day, we're not giving our unconscious room to breathe. We're not letting its messages rise to the surface, but instead we're just burying them and stuffing them down. So setting aside time to just let our minds wander, it's incredibly beneficial. And that's when we get most of our good ideas, it's when we get most of our insights, because it allows us to tap into the power of our unconscious, that side of ourselves that doesn't come out when we're scrolling through social media. It takes some time to relax. It takes some time to let our thoughts take us where they will. So what's the point of being constantly engaged? I think that there's probably a couple of reasons why people choose to live that way. But one is to avoid any negative feelings of existential crisis that tend to arise in those situations. We spend the majority of our days with our attention focused on something else. We rarely sit and just allow our minds the space to process what we've learned and to dream of what we can do. If you're the kind of person who constantly needs some kind of distraction, realize that there's something in your inner life that's missing. If you find it hard to sit for a while and just let your mind wander without checking your phone, there's a reason for that. If you can't space out and daydream while you're cleaning or uh, you can't drive to work without playing music in the background, you're missing something. If the idea of sitting alone in an empty room with nothing but your own thoughts scares you, that's something you need to address. It's become a lot it's become just much too easy for us to distract ourselves from all of the dark stuff that goes on inside of us because it's easier to tune out than to do the deep work. And obviously that's what most people do and it becomes a habit. Everybody wonders why they're depressed, but then they spend their whole day trying to ignore the psychological issues that are causing that depression in the first place. Instead of healing, they're just plugging into social media, they're playing music, they're talking to friends, they're spending long hours in the gym or in front of the TV. Now, I'm not saying that all of those things are inherently bad, and some of them are obviously good, and you know, all of them are fine in moderation, but that doesn't change the fact that they're distractions. There's something that keeps the mind occupied. And it's good to keep the mind occupied. You need to have things like this in your life to give it meaning. But just remember that there's a time and a place for everything. You need to also start taking the time to daydream and to philosophize as well. I'm not sure that's a real word, but we're going to say that it is because I don't know how else to use philosophy in that sense. And what I mean by it is that <laughs> it's, it's just, I'm just trying to say that it's important for you to try to figure out what life means to you, to develop your own philosophy. If you don't take the time to figure out what lens you're going to look at the world through, it's going to get chosen for you. If you rely on others to tell you what to think and what to believe, you're not going to get very far. You have to figure this out for yourself. So we're going to circle back around to this in just a second. We're going to ignore the word I just made up, um, but let's go ahead and talk about why downtime and unplugging is it's good for your learning process as well. 
So reflection is it's something that's often overlooked as an aspect of learning because it's the part of learning that requires actual work on our part. And one of the best things you can do to make sure that you retain new information is to take the time immediately afterwards to mentally review as much as you can. So we typically remember very little of what we read and what we hear. And part of this is because we're in the habit of sitting back and just passively consuming. You know, that's, that's what's caught, taught in school and it's a habit that we developed. But if we don't put in the effort to reach back and access that new information several times over, our brain's gonna decide that it must not be very important and the information is never gonna get converted from short-term memory into long-term memory. And the solution to this problem is to begin allotting time for active review. By pulling the new information up over and over again, we, we solidify its place in our memory. And this means that when we learn something, we don't just carry on to the next thing. We, we, we sit back, you know, if you have an hour set aside for reading a day, which, you know, if you do great, it's not enough to just read, get up and go on and not think about what you read. You need to take time while you're reading if you if you realize something and you, you have a epiphany or some kind of aha moment. You need to take the time and really consider it, mull it over, kind of let it seep into your mind a little bit. Don't just keep going. At the same time, at the end of your reading session, you need to take time and look back and remember as much as you can from what you just read, all the key points. You know, you're not gonna remember everything, but if you, if you make a habit of doing this, you're going to retain a lot more. And most people don't do it. So don't don't wait very long to do this either. Um, don't say, okay, well, I'll do it. Um, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I'm driving to work or something. We, we usually overestimate the strength of our short-term memory. And we kind of, we tend to forget the details pretty quickly. So don't wait. On top of that, it's important to exercise our memory as much as possible. Um, but we also need we also need to make that information our own by being as actively involved in it as we can. And we do this by not only running over the facts that we know, but also by playing with them. You know, we allow our imagination to take over a little bit. And when we do that, amazing things can happen. So while active involvement, it is important for our brains, so is taking the time to daydream, all right? You've got to have a balance there. The brainwave frequencies that we produce when we're extremely relaxed are much more suited to creative work um, and that's, it's, it, than anything that we're gonna get in a focused state of mind. So we've gotta go back and forth. We have to set aside time for us to daydream, for us to let things process. You know, it's not enough to just sit down and, and study for a while. You gotta like, if you wanna learn that subject, you have to take time to actually consider it, to, to, to imagine yourself teaching it to somebody else, to imagine how you would use it, to, to mentally review everything that you just learned. You know, and that doesn't just apply to students. I mean, if you're in the work world and you're, you're reading something, you're trying to learn, get better at your job or get better with people, you know, maybe you realize, hey, I didn't handle that situation very well. What could I have done differently? And a while back, somebody told me that one of the biggest problems with students of philosophy is that um, they make up words about philosophy, but also that they, <laughs> they take time to study, but they don't take time to think. It's not enough to just absorb the information and hope to be a, sp a sponge. Your mind isn't wired to learn that way. The best way to learn is to actively engage with the material as much as possible. So reading is obviously very important for anybody who's interested in growing and getting the most out of life, but it's not the whole story. You have to take time to let your mind really process what you've learned. 
the more you let those ideas bounce around in your head, the more you make them your own. And you, you have to take them out of the realm of passive reception and into the active creation aspect. So spend time analyzing the components of what you've learned and breaking them down into their fundamental pieces. Imagine different applications for this knowledge and how you would go about teaching it to somebody else, like I already said. Simplify it, make it useful, then, then just let your unconscious go crazy with it a little bit. This is how you learn something better than anybody else is you, you play with it, you have fun. And it seems like we're not taught the power of our imaginations anymore. And imagination is one of those things that separates us from, you know, ever, from the other uh, animals out there, but it's also what separates the average person from the extraordinary person. There's a whole world of difference between somebody who learns and somebody who learns and creates. It's a totally different ballpark. And it just comes down to how much time and energy you're willing to give to yourself. This is why it's also important to pick a field to work in that actually excites you as well, by the way. It's a little bit easier to get wrapped up in a fantasy when the subject that you're um, when the subject is something that your imagination wants to run wild with on its own. You know, because in that case, some of the work is already done for you. But you still have to ensure that you give your unconscious the room to work its magic. You, if you can't, you can't do all that if you're on your phone 24-7. You just can't. You can't do that when, um, when every second of peace that you have, you're playing music or you're talking to your friends or even answering texts. You know, people sometimes think that texting doesn't take a lot of attention, but it does take attention. It takes a lot more than you realize because, you know, it, it's a minute for your, your brain to, to jump back to that message and then back to what you're doing and back and forth, back and forth. You got to refocus. You got to get your bearings each time. And multitasking is an illusion. I don't know if we talked about that or not. We probably have. Multitasking is not real. It's complete BS. People think that they can multitask. It's not physically possible. It's not how your brain works. You can split your attention and go back and forth really quickly between all these different things, but you can only focus on one thing at once. So the more attention you're giving everything, the less you're giving anything. All right, I'll, 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 I'll stop there on, on that particular rant. Maybe I'll do a whole episode on that. It's probably worth it. Um, but I'm not, I'm not saying to never do these things. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you to start learning the value of unplugging from everything that eats up your attention so that your unconscious can wander and do what it does. It doesn't have to be constant. It doesn't mean that you can never do these things. Just that you should allot time in your day to just sit, to just think, to just be by yourself. You know, when the unconscious is allowed to daydream, it can do really incredible things. And that's when your imagination takes over and just brings these awesome insights into your life. And that's when you get the time to contemplate life and you go from being a robot who's automatically responding to the environment to somebody who's actively living and actually considering life and making up words about philosophy. It's about tapping into your inner child. It's a, It seems that sometimes people are kind of scared to use their imaginations. And it's like, it's as if they worry that they're setting themselves up for disappointment. But it's also rare to see anybody content to just sit and think. You know, in any kind of public place, all you see is people sitting and staring at their phones. And the few people who do seem to be in their heads usually seem upset in some way or they're angry or depressed, you know? And I get aggravated by people quite a bit because they'll they'll interrupt my contemplations when I sit and think. And it's just weird to them that I sit and just let myself get lost in thought. You know, it gets a lot of weird looks and if you're really lost in thought, you won't notice them, but sometimes you do. 
and it just gets a little bit annoying. So for, for that reason, it is better to take your creative breaks somewhere private. But the point is that the act of thinking, it really seems to be something that we've gotten away from and we need, we desperately need to bring it back. I hear jokes and complaints all the time about how nobody thinks for themselves anymore. And I agree with this, but I, I don't think that most people even really think about the statement. They just hear it and agree with it. They go, oh yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. They'll scroll through social media and see posts of you know, whatever political parties they agree with who always give a one-sided explanation for events. They'll talk to their friends who have typically share the same beliefs as them. And the problem is that when we get new information, many people believe that um, they're giving it consideration, but they're, they're really not. They're only looking at it through their own perceptions, through their own biases, through their own um, misconceptions, the lens that they use to look at the rest of life through. So to really understand an idea, you've got to let it bounce around in your head for a while. You have to really consider it from multiple angles. If you want to be an intellectual person, it's so important to take time to disengage from any kind of distractions and to just sit. That means if you're studying a subject you want to get better at, you need to put the books away and just sit for a while. Sit and let everything that you've learned just run through your head. Allow all of that knowledge that you've soaked up to become a part of you. Play with it. Teach it to yourself in your own head and try to understand it as deeply as possible. It's not enough to just listen. It seems simple, but it's often overlooked. Thanks for listening, guys. Good luck.